Gracious and loving God, give me now the eye of the people. Help me to see clearly into the hopes and the joys and sorrows of your people. Weave my hand to the gospel plow and tie my tongue to truth. Let us hear from you the still speaking God. This we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Have you ever considered how many things you have faith in? How many things you know will absolutely work without you having to do much of anything? Consider the fact that you walk out your house or apartment every day, you get to your car, you unlock the car, you turn the key, you expect the car to work. It works, you get on the freeway, you expect there'll be some traffic, but the freeway is there, you get to work, you expect your job to be there. There, you have faith in being hurled through the air at 60 or 70 miles, or 80 miles an hour, for those of us with a lead foot, hurled through the air in a ball of plastic, and you're gonna arrive where you need to be, safe and unharmed. You have faith that you'll get there, that your car will work. What about eating? You go out, you eat, you're eating at home, you bless the food, Lord bless it, the nourishment of my body, bless the hands that prepared it, but you eat it, and you don't even think about, oh, these are carrots. I want these carrots to make my eyes pretty. That's what he used to tell me when I was young. Carrots would make your eyes pretty. So I ate a lot of carrots, I was almost orange. Carrots make your eyes pretty. <laughs> We don't think about the food. We don't tell our bodies, consume the right nutrients from the carrots, consume the right nutrients from the cabbage, consume the right nutrients from the chicken or the steak or whatever it is you're eating. You just naturally assume, actually you have faith in the fact that whatever you eat, it will do whatever it is supposed to do to nourish your body. You don't manage that process. You have faith that that process will work. Or consider the fact having a bank. You put your money, actually money gets auto-deposited into your bank in most cases, and you trust that it'll be there on the 1st and the 15th or whenever you get paid, and then you trust and believe that when the bills need to be paid, if you have auto bill paid, the money will flow out, everything will be fine. You have faith in the fact that you go to the job, you do that labor, and they will pay you, and it'll automatically go to the bank, and automatically to go out and do what you need to do. You don't even have to manage it anymore. You have faith that all of that stuff will work according to plan. That is why when you walk out in the morning and the car doesn't work, you come unhinged. That is why when you get sick and the doctor says you need to stop eating the fried chicken, you get upset. Because the fried chicken was supposed to have been doing what it was supposed to do. That is why when your bank tells you and you get the alert, overdraft, 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 you get upset because, oh, they forgot to send the direct deposit to ADP and it didn't make it to the bank. That is why you come unhinged. You come unhinged because you have faith in some processes that are supposed to work. So when they don't work, it's a problem. A big problem. Consider Jonah. When God told him 
to go and preach to the Ninevites, he didn't question his talent. He didn't wonder if he had what it takes to go and preach to the Ninevites. He didn't get worried about transportation to get to Nineveh. When God told him to go, he had faith that God will do what God said he would do. He knew that without a doubt, when he preached to the Ninevites, they would repent. He had faith in God that the God that forgives and loves all of creation would indeed forgive the Ninevites. This is why Jonah ended up, you know, they teach a Sunday school in the belly of the whale, but it's actually in the translation, it's a, it's a big fish, but I'll let you hold on to that. He ended up in the belly of a whale because he didn't want to go to Nineveh. I preached about this a few months ago. Didn't want to go to Nineveh because he didn't want to preach to those people because those people he knew and had faith in God that God would forgive the Ninevites if he didn't preach to them. He had that much faith in God's forgiveness. So he didn't want to go. When he finally goes, and God says, now I told you to go, go. He goes, he preaches to him, and guess what happens? They repent. Jonah is so upset, he goes and sits under a tree and sobs for I don't know how long. But he had faith in God and faith in the fact that God would do indeed what God said would be done. Life for us isn't always that certain. Driving and eating and the bank and jobs, that has some level of certainty, but life it's not always that certain. Consider the disciples in our passage today. When Jesus said, come and follow me, I will make you fishers of men, they had some idea of what that meant, but they weren't sure that they could be effective. They didn't know if they had what it took to be successful in being fishers of men. Jesus did not tell them, come follow me, I'll make you fishers of men, and I have a five-point strategy and a detailed process map on how you will become fishers of men. When Jesus said, come follow me, they had faith that what Jesus said Jesus would do, he would indeed do. They just went along with it. He just said, come, follow me. I think about in my life when I've had come and follow me moments when I was just absolutely uncertain. In my early 30s and preparing to go to seminary, I never thought in a million years I would move to New York to go to seminary. In fact, I was so sure I had faith in my ability to do what I wanted to do that I could control things. So I told Marcus, I said, if you want to go to New York, and if you want me to go to that seminary, you need to make X number of dollars. Then I will quit my job and I will go to seminary full time. I was on the rise of my career. Today I would probably be the vice president of scholarships and financial aid at University of Houston. I was right on the uptick. Marcus comes in one day and says, guess what? I got the job. <laughs> and do you know, it was a Jesus saying, come and follow me kind of moment 
because when the time came, I didn't even have an acceptance letter to seminary, and I quit my job and moved to New York. Three months later, waiting, I get a letter saying that I'm accepted. Come and follow me. Faith in the uncertainty, faith in God, even when the results of what you think will happen are actually unknown. You have no idea of what you want to happen will actually come to pass and happen. We did the same thing when we were looking for a church. We sat up in the leadership council meeting when we were back there in the Montrose Counseling Center going back and forth about what building and where we're going to go and can we afford it and shouldn't we go here and shouldn't we go there. My recommendation was let's just go to the hood and get a storefront. We can do it there. But God had something else planned, something else in mind. And now we're coming up on two years. But back then, when we were talking, we had no idea. It was a faith conversation about, can we make it? Well, we have to try. That we have to trust God, that God will provide for us when we need it and how we need it and when best we need it to make this ministry move forward. And so we packed up and moved on out west right here to 9022 Long Point. Not sure, not confident, but having faith that God would do what God said he would do in this ministry. We are entering into, you know, next week we'll be talking about budgets and what we're going to spend and how we're going to get it and what we, how we're going to come out of it and what's going to happen and how can we fix this and move that and finagle this around. But the truth is, there is no certainty. I nearly had a nervous breakdown last week. There is no certainty. We live on faith. The church called Cathedral of Hope Houston lives on faith. Each week you drop your money in that plate and we have no idea how much there is going to be there. But yet and still, God has provided through and through. We live on faith. Every church lives on faith. You live on faith. You pray that job will be there on Monday, but it might not be. You pray that you will see tomorrow. Oh, but God, that might not be. We all live on faith that God will do what God said he would do. There will be ups, there will be downs, there will be uncertainty, but what matters is our mindset. What matters is how we handle the downs so that we can get back to the ups. What matters is how we handle the failure so that we can get back to the success. What matters is how we deal with the uncertainty of a distant future. If we believe and have faith that God will see us through, then we should have a mindset that is based on that fact. Carol Dweck says there are two different types of mindsets. 
There's fixed mindsets and growth mindsets. If you haven't heard of this book, I recommend you get it. This is not a spiritual notion I'm about to teach you. This is actual psychology. There are two kinds of mindsets. Fixed mindsets and growth mindsets. Carol Dweck said, people in the growth mindset don't just seek challenge, they thrive on it. They learn from failure and use uncertainty to their advantage. Benjamin Barber, an eminent sociologist once said, as quoted by Carol, I don't divide the world into the weak and the strong or the successes and the failures. I divide the world into learners and non-learners. We want to be in the learner's camp. We don't want to be a non-learner. A non-learner says things like, well, it's time, it's time to fold up the tent and move on. Nothing else we can do. A non-learner says, I've failed. I can never come back from this. It's over. There's nothing else I can do. A non-learner throws their hands up when they don't succeed and decides to just leave the game all together. But a learner will lean in and say, what is God showing me here that I need to learn? What is God showing me about how I need to grow? What is God showing me about the situation that I've been drawn into? How can I learn from it? As Christians, we must embrace a growth mindset. There is no need in letting failure and uncertainty stop us from taking the next step. This is what faith requires of us. If you are certain of the outcome, and if you are certain of what's coming next, then what the H-E double hockey sticks is the point of having faith? What is the point of having faith if you know what's going to happen next? You don't need faith for what's gonna happen next, you have certainty. Faith means that you don't know what's gonna happen next, but you trust God that the best will happen next. Faith, as Borg has said, is more than about our commitment and our loyalty and allegiance to God. It is also about our attentiveness to our relationship with God. It is a deep trust in God. I can tell you that it is hard to have deep trust in God when you don't know how you're going to pay the life bill. It is hard to have deep trust in God when you don't know how you're going to pay the mortgage. But my friends, it may be my fault, it may be your fault, we may all be trying to figure out how to learn it, but faith and a deep trust in God means when you can't pay it, you still trust and believe that God will do what God said he would do in your life. Jonah trusted God when God said, go and preach. The disciples trusted God when he said, come and follow me. And actually, he could have said, come follow me, footnote, I will make you followers of men, or fishers of men, and I will have to teach you as we go. We trusted God when we moved here to 9022 Long Point. 
Now there's a lot more steps that we're going to have to take. Yeah, I was sitting here talking about the lights and the stage and the sound system and the microphone and the video cameras and all this other stuff, but you know what? Yeah, it might be dreaming big, but what I read yesterday was, if you get stuck in your success, you will never move to the next level because your mind has limited its success to where you are. So it's not time for us to turn around and say, we made it this far, we are good. Let's get some hymnals and sing some pretty music and we'll be all right. No, 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 no. Now it is time for us to take the next step and to have more faith and to move forward. I heard it said, ain't no half-stepping now. Is that how the song goes? There's no time for any more half-stepping. It is time for us to dream and vision beyond where we are. The other night we were coming home from dinner and <laughs> there was so much fog Friday night. I don't know if you're all well, it was late when we were coming home from dinner. We had to drop some of our friends out off in Sugarland, out back to our place. We were going over this overpass and I got all freaked out because I was like, you can't really see what's, you know, three or four yards ahead. Have you ever had that situation where there's so much fog and you get really nervous, it's like, I don't know if the freeway is beyond that point, but do you stop? Nobody has ever stopped because you know something, your mind is saying, oh, I can't see it. But you know, if the freeway wasn't there, it'd be closed. So you continue on because you have faith that the rest of the road is completed for you to continue traveling on. To paraphrase Dr. King, faith is taking the first step even when you can't see the whole staircase. So it is step by step. What is beyond this point? How are we going to win this race? How are we going to get to our next point? How many more people are gonna, we going to bring to Christ in the church? All of these things. It's just step by step. Waking up every day, taking it step by step, believing that God will complete the good work that has begun in you. Talent, Schopenhauer says, hits a target no one else can hit. Genius, however, Schopenhauer says, genius hits a target that no one else can see. Talent hits a target no one else can hit. Genius hits a target no one else can see. They said, why would y'all move out there off a long point road way out west? Genius hits a target that nobody else can see because the city's growing to the because families are moving in all around us. That's why. Genius hits a target that no one else can see. Y'all called a straight person to be your director of worship? You damn right we did, because genius hits a target that no one else can see. 
We are called to go beyond the point and of what our mindset has been fixed on, on what everybody else has done. We are called to lead a life of faith and of genius and to take steps in a staircase that we may not even know where the staircase ends. But genius, the genius of spirit and God in us will hit a target that no one else has seen. But do you believe that the target exists? Do you trust that God has a calling for you and for us in this critical time in the life of our church? Take the next step. Continue on. Take the next step. Amen.